Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone Podcast, presented by ViStar Credit Union, featuring Jaguar senior writer John Osher and executive producer Dave DeCandis. All right, welcome into this week's Ozone Podcast, and I've got to tell you, I'm excited about this week, this week's guest. It's somebody that I've known for about a decade, about nine years. Uh, more importantly to the listeners of this show, more importantly right now, it's somebody who's been around the Jaguars, and more importantly, probably even than that, around Jaguars owner Shad Khan and President Mark Lamping for nine years, and with Mark even beyond that. It's Jim Woodcock, and for those of you who don't know, he's a senior vice president and a partner with Fleischman Hillard, and that's it's one of the biggest PR firms in the world, but Jim, or Woody as he's known to people, he's a lifelong resident native of St. Louis. He's been in sports, and he's known Shad since right before Shad bought the Jaguars. He's known him since Shad was involved with trying to purchase the Rams. I could go on and on because the relationship that Jim has with Mark and with Shad, his knowledge of them is very intriguing. It's why I wanted to have him on. So without further ado, Jim, I want to welcome you in. And first of all, Thank you for doing this. Thank you for taking the time. And how have you been? Uh, thanks, John. Uh, everything is great here. Um, you know, I have not been to Jacksonville, sadly, all year uh, due to COVID. I've uh, been following everything, you know, from far. Actually, I haven't traveled anywhere uh, for the most part. So it's been a surreal year for all of us. And um, I'm no exception to that. <clears throat> but uh, everyone's healthy and happy and and we're good. Uh, I really appreciate the invite. This is nice of you. And uh uh, surprise, but uh, welcome the opportunity. Now, for people who don't know, um, you have an extensive background in sports. I know from following Twitter, you're a big St. Louis Blues guy uh, and very happy last year. 2019 feels like a long way away. But tell me about your background, sort of how did you get to the point of your position where you are now? Uh, <clears throat> sure. Well, I grew up on the, uh, the Illinois side of, uh, of St. Louis, you know, we're the Mississippi river splits, uh, Missouri and Illinois. And, and I was, I grew up, uh, about 10 miles away from the arch. Um, uh, so had the, you know, the feeling of, I'm, I'm very much an Illinois guy, if you will, uh, but a St. Louis and, and, uh, went to uh, college at Eastern Illinois university, which is, you know, I'm happy to say is you know, home of uh, Tony Romo, Sean Payton, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. We've had a really good uh, track track record in football there. Uh, not so much maybe in journalism, which is what I studied there. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, And then I was a newspaper guy uh, for, for 10 years, uh, uh, mostly in the St. Louis, well, definitely in the St. Louis market, uh, suburban newspapers, a suburban chain, uh, a short uh, a short period with the St. Louis Sun. Uh, mostly doing uh, contract work for them uh, in high school sports and college sports. Uh, and then from there, went to uh, Fleshman Hillard in 1992, uh, where I was uh, assigned uh, 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 this Anheuser-Busch sports marketing work and ultimately met Mark Lamping, <coughs> who was at Anheuser-Busch at the time. Uh, he was running sports marketing at Anheuser-Busch, uh, uh, and, uh, I was there for about four or five years or so at Fleshman Hillard. And then you mentioned the blues, the blues were my lifelong love growing up. Um, uh, love the Cardinals, love the football Cardinals, the big red, now the Arizona Cardinals, uh, but the blues were something special to me. And, 
Uh, they lured me over there for eight years to, to, to run, you know, I was a senior VP of marketing and communication with the Blues. Loved it, uh, but uh, we had a lockout season uh, that literally wiped out the entire 2004-2005 season. That's right. And, uh, uh, I returned to Fleshman Hillard to, to launch our sports practice. And here I am now, 15 years later, uh, very privileged, and I've got great clients around the world. And uh, Shad, Mark, uh, the Jags, uh, they're, they're part of that family. So we started off with the same path, Jim. I was an ink-stained wretch as well. And then you took the smart path, getting out of it. I stayed in it. So thus the separation in our, in our worlds. So um, tell me about how you met and how you got with Shad Khan. Because it's, it's, it's an intriguing story that really involves Jacksonville in a way. Just take me sort of through that timeline if you will well first um you know my, my experience with jacksonville actually predates shod um back in uh near the early 90s st louis was uh you know one of the candidates for expansion after the after the cardinals left for phoenix uh in uh, uh first quarter of 1998 i believe it was um we were one of the front runners if not the front runner for an expansion team and uh fleshman hillard uh was one of a number of agencies that was working, you know, to bring the NFL back to St. Louis. Um, and I, you know, the story well, obviously they're in Jacksonville, uh, you know, Charlotte or the Carolina Panthers got the first, uh, the first, uh, uh, you know, expansion spot. And then it came down to St. Louis and Jacksonville. And I think, right. I think it's fair to say that the, the league was trying to give St. Louis every, every opportunity to get its act together, but knowing that Jacksonville had a really, really strong, uh, you know, bid, uh, the league was in a good spot. And, but I'll be honest, you know, I thought that we had it and I'll never forget the day um, when, you know, back then there wasn't, you know, the, the connectivity that we have today. So it was literally word of mouth. Uh, we started hearing on the floor, uh, li- you know, just the word Jacksonville, you know, it was just like Jacksonville, Jacksonville. I was like, oh no, you know, d- they must've gotten it. And we all ran to our, to the window offices, which could get AM radio and, and, and listen to KMOX. And the news had come out that uh, Jacksonville had been awarded the, uh, the second uh, expansion uh, spot. <clears throat> and we were, you know, dumbfounded. You know, first of all, it was an earned win for Jacksonville. There's no question about that. And I've learned that even more so since I've gotten close to Jacksonville. Uh, your, your, your bid was unbelievable. Um, I probably didn't understand quite that much at the time, you know, being the same person. But uh, no question, uh, Mr. Weaver and everybody there, the city officials and the community just did an amazing job. But again, I didn't probably fully appreciate the time. Um, You know, 1995, though, we bring the Rams from Los Angeles to St. Louis and then the Jaguars launch. It's just like everything worked out for a reason or it seemed so at the time. Uh, And now here I am, you know, however many years later, 25 years later, I suppose, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are my NFL team, if you will. They are a client, but they're also a team I'm very passionate about personally. And it's just funny how, you know, life works. Uh, it really is. Yeah, Jacksonville, you know, just stole, just, just, uh, just drove a stake in my heart in 1993. And then, of course, <laughs> in, and then, you know, in 1999 and 2000, it looked as though our Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to play in the Super Bowl. And I was, th- you know, 
thinking, wow, isn't this going to be something? You know, the, the, the other kid, it was, a, it was Jacksonville and St. Louis back in 1993. And who would have thought, right. you know, in Atlanta in 2000, it'd be, you know, uh, a St. Louis team and a Jacksonville team playing for the Super Bowl. And it didn't happen for the Jags, unfortunately. And we had a, a great memory, obviously, with the greatest show in turf. So anyway, to, <clears throat> to, to, this all happened before I met Shot. <laughs> right. So, and then uh, Georgia Frontier, the owner of the Rams, during that run, she passes, and then the Rams uh, situation opens up and uh, gets squirrely, for lack of a better word. Uh, but how did that sort of pave the way for you to become connected with Shad? Um, so it, yeah, the, the, when I returned to Fleshman Hillard in 2005, uh, for, for, for a period of time, the, all three local sports teams were a client. And I had to make okay. sure that everybody was comfortable with that. So the Rams were a client. So this is 2005. And at the time, there, you know, uh, the luster of the greatest show in turf had, had pretty much worn off. Um, and the, the, the team started to struggle a little bit. And that was Mike Martz was kind of, yeah. uh, you know, there was, it was some, some strife, to, to, to say the least. And <laughs> so I, you know, tried to, to, to help, you know, the team with, with a little bit of that. And uh uh, stayed with the team and the Rams were a good client for us. And then Georgia passed away. Uh, and I got to know, uh, uh, her children, Chip and, and Lucia, Chip Rosenblum and, uh, Lucia Rodriguez, uh, uh, who were the, you know, the heir apparents to, to, to keeping the Rams, you know, or owning the Rams, I should say. <clears throat> and, uh, she passed away. And, uh, so Chip really took a, a well, both Chip and Lucia took a, a real day to day, you know, interest in the Rams. And it was unclear initially whether they were going to keep the Rams, you know, is, is you know, owning the Rams, that is, uh, or sell them. Uh, they ultimately determined that they wanted to sell. And uh, uh, I had another client that was interested in buying the Rams. So that put me in a little bit of a conflict. So I kind of had to separate just a bit uh, during that process that the Rams were for sale. Because uh, I really couldn't represent the team and 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 one of the you know, bidding parties, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so one morning in February of 2010, I woke up uh, to the morning news and uh, kudos to the Rams and, and, and everybody involved at the time because they kept everything super insulated and, and, and confidential. I had no inkling that I would be looking at my screen that morning and seeing a, a picture of a man I'd never heard of before in my life. Shad Khan is the prospective new owner of the St. Louis Rams. And uh, I was getting texts and calls from everyone in St. Louis and the media and otherwise, what do you know about this guy? That's not your guy that you were representing. You must be crushed and which I was. And, uh, because I thought my, my client wasn't going to, uh, be, be, you know, wasn't the choice. Right. Uh, uh, and I didn't know anything about Shad Khan. Uh, so I went to the office that morning, uh, a little bummed out to be fair. And uh, there was a message already waiting for me on my landline, which very rarely is used anymore. And now what uh, is that, Jim? A landline? <laughs> <laughs> I miss it actually. I, I really do. I, and the fax machine. And uh, I'm, I'm an old school guy. And uh, uh, but it was uh, Shad's attorney uh, uh, who who had uh, had been uh, also working with Mark Lamping, who left St. Louis earlier. Uh, a few years earlier to uh, to manage the construction and conception Correct. of MetLife Stadium in, in, the, in the Meadowlands. And so Shad's attorney was representing 
Mark in New York and Shad. Uh, and they asked if there was someone in St. Louis that could help Shad along. So Mark says, well, you know, you need to talk to this guy. And that was me. So just a very brief period. I was, I was sort of, you know, out of sorts because I was thought it would be kind of cool if my client had gotten the opportunity to, to, to own the Rams. And uh, so I, I, the shot asked if I would be interested in helping him and I cleared it with my client and that client said, yeah, that's great. You know, it wasn't meant for me. So, you know, please proceed. And uh, so that was early 2010. And I got to know Shad uh, extremely well for a short period of time because there was a 60-day window in which uh, Stan Kroenke, who owned 40% of the Rams, uh, this was a majority purchase Correct. Uh, that, that Shad, it, he was, the, the, the offer wasn't to buy all 100%. Uh, it was to buy the majority uh, of the Rams, which was 60%. And Stan Kroenke at the time um, had 40 and had the option to match whatever another buyer would put forward. Um, he had 60 days to do that. And at the time, everyone felt that that was really impossible for him to do because there were some NFL policies at the time that prohibited what they call cross ownership. And I'm not sure that's really in play anymore. But at the time, it would appear that he wouldn't have wouldn't have qualified to be the 100% owner of the St. Louis Rams. So everyone just thought it was just a matter of uh, protocol and procedure and that Shad would get the 60 and Stan Kroenke would either keep his 40 or else maybe sell his 40 to Shad. But after 60 days, he, uh, he uh, matched. And so now uh, it was in front of the league to deliberate as to what to do. And uh, the, uh, you know, the, what happened was uh, the league, uh, approved Mr. Kroenke is the hundred percent owner of the Rams. And at the time that was a loss for Shad, you know? Uh, and yeah, I did at the time, I didn't know if I'd see him again, work with him again. I didn't know if this was just a one, one swing at the, you know, at the, at the plate or if he was, sure. gonna, you know, so, but it was a great experience all the same because I got to know him. Um, and St. Louis really didn't get to know him because he didn't want to be a presumptive like taking a victory lap, like I'm here to own the Rams and do a lot of interviews and all that. We, we actually played that right, you know, just to kind of lay low until he was approved. No different than we did in, when, it, when he was introduced in Jacksonville. Uh, right. We introduced him in November of that year, and, and he didn't appear in Jacksonville for another month. Um, uh, so, but it was a great experience, and, and uh, it ended up forging a relationship that I, I cherish to this day. Yeah, I think for people listening, the reason I wanted Jim to talk extensively about St. Louis and how he met Shad, the crux of what we're going to talk about today is Jim knows Shad and Mark and sort of how they tick and what they feel about Jacksonville. And Jim, I know when we've talked over the years, your impressions of Shad when he bought the Jaguars, which is when you came back into play, uh, there's a real passion on his part for the city and the organization, if you will, that I'm not sure fans really grasp that much. Uh, you know, you were with him during this process. I met you, I think, the same day I met Shad, which I believe was in Dallas when he uh, received the team. And that's the correct. excitement level for, or not receive the team, but I shelled out all the money for the team. <laughs> but um, just tell me about his 
passion for the city, which I think some people can't quite get their heads around even to this day? Well, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's certainly genuine. Um, um, in fact, well, I, I'll tell you a, a quick story about sure. when, 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 um, when, when his attorney called me, I guess it was October of 2011. Uh, I think I, I checked in with Shad twice, maybe after, after uh, um, he lost his opportunity with the Rams. So about a, a year, year, 14 months passed or whatever. I, I probably emailed him once or twice. And believe me, I wanted to do it more often, but I didn't want to pester him, you know. And, <laughs> um, uh, but he said, you know, I'm always looking, you know, I'm glad you're staying in touch and all that. But at any rate, his attorney called me and said, you know, what's your plate look like? How much you, you have some capacity here at the, at the end of the year? Because shot has something that's, that's going to happen and uh, he can use your help. And I, I said, Oh, you know, I love the guy. I said, you know, please bring me on whatever it is. And, and um, uh, I said, and if, and if it's, if it's not something I can like really personally like manage day to day or whatever, we have offices throughout the United States, which we do. Fleshman's got, I don't know, 30 offices, I guess, around the United States and right. 80 around the world and so on. So I said, we'll be able to take care of Mr. Khan. And he <laughs> said, well, you probably won't have an office where he's looking. And I didn't know if he was looking at, at the NFL or the NBA or whatever. And he, and he mentioned Jacksonville and I couldn't have been more surprised. I don't know why I was surprised because I didn't know what to expect when I got the phone call, but it's just like, wow, you know, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars and, um, and, and he said, and the attorney at the time, I forget exactly his, his exact words. He goes, and he loves it. He loves Jacksonville. He was, he's had some right. experiences there from his auto, uh, you know, his auto business. And, and he just loves everything about it. It's a really good fit for him. Don't, don't take offense, you know, but he, it's probably a better fit for him than St. Louis would have been. <laughs> and, um, and he goes, I, you know, his enthusiasm is, is really off the charts, you know, for, for not only the opportunity to, to, to see his dream come through, to be uh, one of a very few people in the world to own an NFL team, but it was in Jacksonville. Sure. It was in Jacksonville. So I got back on the phone with Shad and, you know, he gave me a little bit of his background in Jacksonville and, and uh, uh, you know, I don't want to mislead you. It wasn't like he was spending a ton of time in Jacksonville over his career, but he, but he liked Jacksonville and he, and he really liked the opportunity that, you know, that it was just like, I don't, I forget his exact words and they were his words, you know, it was like, we can't be the world's, you know, best kept secret much longer. It's just unacceptable. You know, we, we're going to do right. this, we're going to do that. You know, um, you can't, if he would have purchased uh, the New York giants, you know, hypothetically, or, you know, he wouldn't be able to say, Hey, you know what? New York isn't, uh, you know, all it can be or whatever, you know, but, but Jacksonville right. was that <laughs> kind of city, you know, he was just like, you know, that's what he also liked about it is just, you know, uh, the, the, the ceiling was, was for all things was, was, was so high and, and, and there was, uh, you know, the opportunity for him to play a role in that. So, um, got to, got to start working with him again. And we went to New York, uh, for the, uh, finance committee meeting where he was Correct. approved right, right. and, uh, he asked me to come along because the number my, no, I don't think you were there, John, but there was a number of Jacksonville media that were encouraged not to show up because there was nothing to see and cover and all, but nonetheless they did. And, and I, I told shot, I said, you know what, it's, it's good that we, we meet with them because you're going to be living with these reporters and 
you know, for the rest of your lives and, and uh, it's, and they're traveling a long way. We must give them some time and all that sort of thing. And I, I felt like I had to talk him into it. And he's like, no, this is great. You know, and, and, and he wanted to, uh, you know, learn as much from them as he was giving, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I was like, well, this is really cool. You know, he, th- you can just tell he was, he was already making a connection with Jacksonville before he really, really, you know, uh, set foot. Uh, and then it was the following week when I met you, John, that, uh, you know, he was approved. And then the next night was a Thursday night game in Atlanta. Um, yep. and I met him down there. We, we went to the game with the weavers. We sat in the booth or the, the box with the weavers. You, if you recall that it, it was a, just a terrible game, uh, uh, I recall had, it. had a tough night, <laughs> but, but there was still like this sense of, you know, joy, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. I can't speak for how, how, how Wayne and Dolores felt. It had to be certainly bittersweet. And, you know, the day after, after the, uh, the approval, uh, the team really laid an egg that night, but nonetheless, there was like this sense of, of renewal and an opportunity and all that. And, um, before I, I'll, I'll stop talking in a minute, but, the, the one thing that I'll never forget is we flew in that night then. And it was very, very late um, uh, because the game ended at like 11 o'clock or something like right. that, some crazy. And then we flew uh, from, from Jacksonville. I'm sorry, from Atlanta to Jacksonville. I landed at Cecil at, you know, some, you know, really bad hour, but we flew over downtown Jacksonville and before we landed. And maybe that's the way you have to go anyway, because I'm not going to lie. I don't, <laughs> fly privately right. very often from Atlanta to Jacksonville. <laughs> oh, sure you do. <laughs> but it was, it was just, it was just beautiful downtown, uh, uh, you know, with the, with the, with the, the, the lights reflecting off the river and the colors on the, on, on the bridges and, and Shad's wife, Anne was, was with us. And, and she's like, Oh, this is what a beautiful city. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, yeah, you know, this is, this is just uh, amazing, you know, and, and Shad just kind of looked at us like I told you. So, um, and that's really how he sees it, isn't it? I mean, that's, you know, we had talked a little bit before this, there's a love and a connection he has for this that I think it's hard sometimes, like for me as a writer, when I say it, it's like, ah, you're just saying that because you work for the team, John. But again, you've known the man for nine years and and you sort of know how it makes him tick. That's a real thing for him. It is. It is. And, and, uh, uh, you know, like the last year or so because of COVID and everything, obviously nobody, I just told you I haven't been down there myself and all, but sure. but he likes to go out to dinner. I'm sure the, a lot of a lot of your listeners have probably seen him, uh, you know, out. Uh, he, he's not somebody who, you know, Hey, I, I, I really rather be private tonight. He loves to go out and be in Jacksonville and he loves, he loves being part of the process, whatever that, whether that's business, whether that's, uh, you know, the, the political process, you know, he's a player uh, and, and he's active and he's committed and invested because he, he, he feels that, you know, Jacksonville, well, he doesn't feel it. He knows that Jacksonville is part of his DNA for the rest of his life. You know, he's, this, this is a place that in 2011, uh, you know, became one with him. Okay. Um, and so he, he has a huge interest and passion for all things Jacksonville, whether it's the people, whether it's the business sector, whether it's the Jaguars and he's an ambitious guy, you know? So with that comes, you know, he sees Jacksonville and he sees downtown and he sees, 
you know, and I'm talking a little bit out of, out of the football space because we, we can all agree that that's been disappointing, sure. you know, but everything around the football, which is in his mind as important, you know, or very important, certainly um, he cares a lot about, and he, he wants it to be, he wants Jacksonville to be the best it can be. And that's not to say that it doesn't have just, you know, just great upside already, but he, he's an ambitious, forward thinking, progressive person, guy who, you know, Jacksonville to him is, 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 is a place that, that can sort of mirror, I think who he is and um, uh, you know, be better, you know, and, 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 and really reach its, its, its potential. And, and I think downtown is probably the, you know, the focus of, of those, of his vision in that respect. I want to dig into a little bit of that a little bit more in a minute. But sort of keeping with the time flow of our conversation, tell me about that first year a little bit um, as Shad sort of learned the NFL along with you, that 2011, the early, I guess, the Malarkey Smith era until he sort of got his feet wet about being with him as he sort of learned the NFL. Well, um, I'm going to go back a little bit to the um, <clears throat> to, to the to the uh, finance committee. Uh, meeting in, in New York prior to his first season when he was approved by the finance committee, which was very, very important. Um, and when uh, we were walking to the NFL uh, uh, offices, and again, I hadn't spent a lot of time with shot at that point in my life and my career uh, more than most, you know, but, but, but not much. So I didn't know exactly when was the right time to say, Hey, you know what, from what I can see of your front office and it's early I really haven't met anyone yet outside of Dan Edwards, who's outstanding. But at the time I really sure. had, I hadn't met anyone. I don't think I had met anyone else. Uh, I said, it's, it's, it's a front office that I think probably can use a spark. Uh, and there seems to be a little bit of a malaise and, and, and I've got somebody I think you ought to talk to. And it was Mark Lamping. Uh, and I've gotten to work with Mark back in the early nineties and stuff. And I was thinking, boy, I don't know if that's a, a risk for me to like, you know, hey, you know, he shot could have said, hey, you know what, I'm hiring you for one thing and one thing only, and I don't need, right. you know, <laughs> uh, you know, personnel uh, uh, counsel. But uh, <laughs> but but he he listened, and and so we got through. Uh, the, he closed on the Jaguars in in uh, uh, January of 2012, uh, and I think around that time he he did me a favor and, and <laughs> he interviewed Mark, but I told him. I said, I'm doing you a favor. Trust me on this. Uh, so Mark was hired, I think, in, in, in February, uh, mm -hmm. and um, he started then. And that first year, um, you know, uh, you know, look, Mark, Mark has done more in sports than, than I'll ever know. Uh, so I'm sure he was as influential and as close to him as, as I would have ever been during that first year. But that first year was just so magical from, from a, from a communication standpoint, because Shad's story um, was always the same story, you know, where he right. came from, how he got to the United States, his, his vision, his, 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 uh, you know, the, 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 I think we all know by now the, you know, the, the bumper that's on all of our vehicles today, you know, is right. his. Um, it's, it's an amazing story. And that was always his story, but it was an untold story because he, he was at, until he bought the Jacksonville Jaguars, he was, um, uh, an engineer, uh, out of the university of Illinois who stayed in Urbana and Champaign, uh, in the middle of the United States, uh, 
and, and ran Flexingate. And his, his magical story was, hadn't really been told. So now he's, he's, he's the first minority owner of the NFL. Uh, everybody wants to talk to him. Frankly, you know, I wanted people to talk to him because when I first got to know him, I said, I said, Shad, you've got two, two paths you can choose here. I said, one is you can be uh, behind the scenes, uh, uh, sort of withdrawn. That's worked for a lot of NFL owners. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and that doesn't make them bad owners or, or distant or, or detached or absentee. They just aren't out there. And that's okay. But it's not really who he is as a gym. Well, it's I don't not, know if it, it might have been who he was right. <laughs> prior to Jacksonville. By by you know because in fact I think it actually kind of was who he was because his flexing okay. gate never uh, now he's he's always had the energy and he's always had you know the 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 passion for for the automotive industry and anything in his life he he goes at it hard but not noisy you know it's it, it's he he just he just has you know an energy about him that uh, uh, is infectious and it's very real and you know it once you've experienced it personally. But if you're not, if you're in the middle of the United States in Illinois and you're running a, a, a an automotive, uh, you know, company uh, from there, you're not well known uh, by any stretch. And yeah, I think he didn't mind that. Uh, but then I said, you, you, you can, you can, still you can be, be worth two billion and still be under the radar, uh-huh. <laughs> which you can. That, yeah. that's, that's I don't know that personally, but but sure, uh, right. but but yeah, you can. And I said the other path you can take. I said. You, your story is really inspiring and you, you, you can make an impact on lives uh, that, that are beyond Jacksonville, but in particular in Jacksonville where there might be some like, hmm, what does this mean for a football team or what does this mean for, uh, you know, our city and everything else? Uh, they need to get to know you and you are, you, you, you bring life to everything you're, you know, you're, you're involved in all that sort of thing. I would, if I were you, um, consider sharing your story and, 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 uh, and he was good with that. So that first year, uh, while he was getting, you know, acclimated to running an NFL franchise and hiring, you know, Mark and Mark hiring a front office and so on, he was also, uh, we, you know, we did a cover story with Forbes, uh, mm-hmm. which was, uh, uh the, the title of that story was the new face of the American dream. Um, which was a wonderfully written story by Brian Solomon that I think still mm-hmm. stands up today. And we did 60 minutes uh, and, and, and we went to, we went to Pakistan and I went with him and we, we saw where he grew up. And, and um, so that first year was, was special. It really sure. was. And, and uh, sadly, the, you know, the, the football team didn't play well that year, but that was also, um, a lesson, right. You know, he, sure. he, he, he kept some people around, he hired a head coach. Uh, he, he, he relied on advisors, uh, and people in the game to help him with, uh, with that head coach search and, and, uh, it didn't work out. And he made, he made a pretty bold, fast decision, uh, you know, to, to cut the cord with, uh, with, uh, Gene Smith and Mike Malarkey and, Right. Um, At the end of 12. Right. Yeah. After one year. And, uh, um, you know, and again, you know, it, it's still, you know, those, those great results are still elusive uh, for shot and all of us. But, 
you know, he's his commitment and, and his passion for for getting getting it right is no no different than it was when he came into Jacksonville in 2011. You know, you spend a lot of time with Shad, um, and there's a perception I think because the team has not done well, really except for 2017. You know, somehow there's a perception that football isn't as as important as business, and it. It baffles me because every conversation I've ever had with Shad, that's never the impression. Uh, but you spend more time with him. It it kills him to lose, does it not? Mm-hmm. It does. It 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 does. I, Shad, I, I would say I think he. Well, I know he handles it well. Uh, he's he doesn't have a temper. He doesn't. Uh, he's not explosive. Um, he's not going to make someone, you know, pay for the team's, you know, defeat or whatever by barking at someone on the way out or whatever. He's just not that kind of person, you know, um, but he, it gnaws at him and he's unhappy. And there are times where, yeah, you know, I, I can, I I feel it. I see it. Uh, and, and I'll just say any notion that he doesn't care or whatever is, 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 is way off because, uh, everything he's done in his life and his career has, has been a win. Um, right. And this will be too. Um, it, it just, but it's, it, it's been, you know, the journey on the field to this point is, is, is has challenges. There's no question about it. But if, 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 if fans or anyone sort of would like to see him kind of like, just, you know, go off after, after, a you know, after a certain defeat or whatever, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but if they want to know whether he cares uh, sure. and, 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 and is concerned and is committed, uh, I can assure you of all that. Uh, there's no doubt. Yeah. I've, I've seen him after wins and losses. I have not sat with him the way that you have, but again, it, it always baffles me. I would say makes me laugh, except it's, you know, when people say that that doesn't matter to him because I've seen the emotion and it's, it's a real thing. And I, again, most people don't get a chance to watch games with him. I'm sure you have. And uh, it's a real thing. So so, uh, it's funny about watching games with him. I, um, there's two, there's two experiences watching a game with Shad. One on, it's on the road and it's at home. Okay. Is that right? Okay. Uh, oh yeah. On the road, um, he will still try to load up his suite with, uh, uh, maybe local people that like, like from, from his flex and gate automotive company that maybe are working that area. Right. Like right, 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 right. Detroit or Chicago or, 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 or in Texas or whatever. Uh, you know, he likes to have guests in his suite, but normally on the road, there's, there's some elbow room and, and uh, you can actually, you know, maybe have more conversations with him. And, and I think he probably watches the game a little closer, you know, on the road than at home where uh, his, he, he, his suite is, is like an open house. <laughs> okay. And I think that speaks to the person he is. You know, he's, he has lots of guests in, um, relatives, friends, he, his best friends from, from the University of Illinois who, you know, were his fraternity brothers, they will fly up or fly down, excuse me, for, for games. Um, he likes to share his experiences and his, his fortune, quite frankly, uh, with those who are important to him in his life. So 
the idea that you could sit at a game in Jacksonville and just like, like literally hear him, you know, his thoughts on that last, you know, third down call or whatever is, is it's usually not happening. He's usually shaking someone's hand or having a conversation <laughs> or, or whatever. Um, uh, and, and I think that's that, you know, he compartmentalizes uh, really well. I think, you know, what's important, right. You know, he wants people when they leave TIA Bankfield. He wants them to. He wants everybody to be celebrating a victory. Let's make that real clear, okay? Right. But he also wants everyone to be happy with the experience, and and whether that's you know with the enhancements that you know happened over his you know stewardship with the you know the stadium, the scoreboard, the pools, the party areas, and all that, or his guests and his suite and everything else, he wants everyone to to leave satisfied and happy and, and with those experiences and. So uh, I actually prefer, if you, if you don't mind me saying, I like to watch a game with him on the road because I get to listen to him, you know, you know, his thoughts on, on the play calling, on, on, sure. on performances and everything else. But either way, it's very special. And in both cases, he wants to win. The opportunities ahead for Jacksonville now. And it, 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 everybody knows what's going on w- with the Lot J conversation, with the vision. And it, it, tell me uh, – Jim about his vision, what's going on with Lot J, and what the Jaguars see for downtown Jacksonville. Because sometimes when things get into sort of a back and forth like it's been going on, the big picture gets lost. And you know the big picture in terms of what they see for this as well as anybody. Yeah, uh, well, the the one thing that's been hard to, 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 to convey and, and understandably. So this is, you know, when, when you have a, a vision, this ambitious and um, uh, there, there is a, a stake uh, from the city and from uh, the, you know, Shad's ownership and all that sort of thing, they, it, 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 there's, there could be some complexities, right. And, and it's completely fair to, to dig into those and understand, you know, how this is all going to work out. Um, one thing that unfortunately is is overlooked a lot of times is, is is what that end game looks like and 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 you know we we use the term vision and in shot almost defines that concept vision mm-hmm. he has a vision and it's not just for downtown jacksonville he has a vision for flexing gate for fulham football club for aw for for everything that that's in his universe um and I've had the opportunity uh, here in St. Louis, you know, uh, Cordish companies uh, created a development that actually was initially envisioned, uh, if you will, by Mark Lamping when, when uh, he, Mark was the president of the Cardinals. And he did a great job uh, not only keeping the old Bush Stadium on life support, but actually renovating it and, and, and enhancing it over time that people just couldn't imagine that we needed a new stadium. But we did. Right. And and and, uh, and and Mark led the charge in St. Louis to, to 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 build a new stadium, and then you know the ballpark village development, which is Cordish. And so I have the benefit of seeing what it the kind of impact it can make on a downtown and in a community. Uh, the people in Kansas City can. I've been to the one in Kansas City as well, uh, uh, Power and Light, I believe it's called. Um, and yes. and it is if. That just unfortunately, we're not seeing that 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 element, that story element, you know, sort of surface, you know, during this process. And I wish I could, you know, I, hopefully I could describe what, what what's in store for Jacksonville because that's what Shad wants, and that's what what certainly Mark wants too. Is this this can and will be a destination that 
that I think it's hard to sort of grasp until you to experience it yourself. Right. Um, and in St. Louis, for instance, uh, now there's 81 baseball games, right? You know, uh, that still leaves a big hunk of, uh, of, of the year. Like, you know, you're wondering, well, you know, what, what happens those other, year, uh, other days? And if you take a look at a football season, it's even more, right? So it's, it's fair to wonder, like, what does it mean, like, you know, day to day? Well, mm-hmm. what I didn't anticipate is the, I guess you call it the programming or how, how, how Ballpark Village in St. Louis, for instance, truly comes to life daily, nightly with, with uh, events uh, that, that draw people downtown that don't live in downtown, that draw them downtown and now are, are you know, really serving as the catalyst for people to live downtown because there's this nerve center of activity that I, I, I think will look different in Jacksonville because Jacksonville is a different kind of market. But, you know, like in St. Louis, we'll have, uh, I'll call them watch parties. That's unfair because th- th- these are bigger. Okay. But, but like, you know, around world cups and, and, and uh, when the women's yeah. team was winning its world cup and, and even, even when we had the PGA championship in here in St. Louis in 2018, we were, we were having huge events uh, at, at our ballpark village, our live uh, destination there. Um, for, for golf now if, uh, and, and like your New Year's Eve parties and, and, and uh, ballpark village has become this, this really a destination in every sense of the word that I didn't anticipate. I, for some reason in my head, I was thinking this would be like a cool sort of Wrigleyville kind of thing when the Cardinals are playing. And then, you know, you hopefully get, you know, business lunches during the day otherwise, but other than that, it's going to be sort of dark. Not it has not been the case. Um, so you can imagine something like that in downtown Jacksonville. And I've spent a lot of time time in downtown Jacksonville. Um, it's it's unimaginable until you actually experience it. Right. It, 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 and it that's probably is. the toughest thing, isn't it? it it's yeah, it, it is. It's hard when you're trying to create something that hasn't been there before, especially when there has been failure in that area for years. It it's hard for people to see the vision until it's there. And that's yeah, really the crux of the. I don't know how else to really describe it. It, I, I, what I, what I will say is, is so like, we're not in St. Louis, we're not a significant college football market. Um, uh, you know, we love it, but not like, to, like Jacksonville loves its college football. I, I can just imagine, forget about the Georgia, Florida game. You know, which in right, and of itself, will, right. that, that'll that'll be you know unbelievable. But but just every college football Saturday, um, this development will become something that you couldn't have imagined having lived without until you actually have it, and you'll wonder why why it took so long. I really believe that because it, you know that that people will come from from with with all the different opportunities to watch and enjoy yourself down there with other with other activities in and around the games uh and again like the, here in st louis we know we have concerts uh there there at our at our development or ballpark village and 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 in fact well what i often do uh when possible is if we have big announcements like press conferences for major league soccer and the net men's and then women's national soccer teams when they come to st louis we actually have right. those events at Ballpark Village in the live venue, and let and not only let we encourage fans to come 
you know, to, to, to celebrate these announcements. And, and, that, and, and they become parties. And, and, it becomes and, the daily heartbeat, doesn't it? I mean, it, that's it, really it where yeah. it truly does. And, and, and it's understandable that that, you know, to some degree, this has been overlooked and, and perhaps not not uh, has hasn't been promoted as, as well as maybe uh, it, it should have been or can be. Uh, and that's on me and us perhaps. But, you know, there's an important discussion uh, that we all agree is, 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 is critical, obviously. And, and these are, these are big steps for a city and a downtown and we get that and shot and market that. So, I mean, no problem there, but if, but if, if, if everyone were to be able to take a step back and really see what I've been able to see, and I think what, what, what Jacksonville will be able to see in short order, uh, they'll, they'll get it. And, and, and it'll be like, we can use more of this and, and, um, and downtown Jacksonville, again, it's, it's potential. I'm telling you this as someone who loves coming there five, six, seven times a year or whatever. And it's just like sitting, you know, that, that the sports complex and Bay street and, and, you know, just, it's, it's like saying, come and take me here. Let's do something really cool. And that's how shot sees it. You know, and again, I don't want to sound hokey here, but there's a labor of uh, passion and love that shot has for the city that, you know, I always have trouble getting across to people because it it's just hard for me to describe it. But that's sort of what this is about, right? I mean, he has a vision for it and sort of wants the Jaguars and Jacksonville to grow together, I guess. For sure. Um, he's he's um, when, when we'll talk about London here for just just briefly. When when uh, when, when in 2012, this talks to his ambition when, when he he said, hey, you know what, we're going to play was three or four games or whatever over the next four years in London. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be your greatest ambassador or whatever, however, however he, he put it at the time. I saw him do that. Um, right. um, uh, and that's, you know, that, that, that think about it, like a market the size of Jacksonville, um, uh, as, as he said famously, it's like, you know, the, one of our best kept secrets in the United States, but shouldn't be any longer. He went in boldly to, to, to London and, and, and uh, we had, you know, uh, meetings and access into some of the buildings. And, you know, like, you know, he's he's been everywhere in, in London and and talking about Jacksonville. And 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 he's he's passionate about it. He still is. I mean, that, that hasn't changed. I mean, it's not just in London. It's just wherever he goes. Right. Um, he he carries with him Jaguars jerseys when, when he when he travels on business and um, and he's. He's just, he just loves the city. He does. Um, but, you know, to be fair, he also feels that it has untapped potential, you know, right. and, and he's just somebody, he's an ambitious, uh, uh, you know, whatever you want to, I, I don't want to call him an entrepreneur, although, you know, that's how he, he really started early on in the flexing gate, just, just, you know, cold calling that's how we ended up getting into the nfl he picked up the phone and called the main line at, at the nfl and said who are i talking <laughs> about owning a team okay that's this true story um, how many times do you have to call back <laughs> <laughs> he got the audience you know yeah, so yeah. so um so that's if, if anyone's uncomfortable with 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 you know that sort of approach uh that, that may just be something that everyone have to cope with because that's that's who he is. He's since he bought uh, the Jags, um, he's he's bought Fulham. He's 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 bought the Four Seasons Hotel in in Toronto. 
Um, he's, he's launched Black News Channel, uh, All Elite Wrestling. Um, I'm forgetting, you know, the, 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 the development right now at Fulham, uh, with Fulham Pier, with, where they've taken out the entire Riverside stand. Um, everyone thought when he bought uh, uh, Fulham, like, what does this mean for us and all that? And, like, they really right. thought he was going to, you know, uh, build condos on the property and move the team somewhere else in London and all that. So I think, well, he's, he's doing what he said he would do, you know, and he, he's seeing his vision through. Um, and, and even, like, you know, w- w- when things don't happen the way maybe he would like for him to turn out, like, like, like Wembley, uh, he, he picks up moves on, you know, right. so like, what's next. So this is something that's really important to him. Um, uh, uh, and that is to, to see a Jacksonville, uh, sort of a rebirth, if you will, uh, where, where it can be everything it should be. Um, and he's committed to it. And, and, uh, I think, I think, I think Jacksonville will, um, relish the day that this becomes reality because take it from someone like me who comes in and out. And, and I, I just, I really love the city. I love the people there and all that sort of thing, but I can see, you know, I can see like this canvas there that's just waiting to be, to be uh, painted and, and Shad sees it in different ways than any of us can. And, and um, you know, hopefully can follow his lead. Well, the vision uh, is unmatched. And I've, you know, for nine years covering Shad, whenever I write about him, it's, it's all, or talk about him. It's tough to describe uh, because there's a lot of facets to it. And that's a big reason I wanted to have you on today, Jim, was just to talk about that and, uh, you know, maybe give people an idea about uh, the man's personal side for somebody who knows him. So I can't thank you enough for doing that. I can't thank you enough for taking the time today. Uh, I think listeners have learned a lot about Shad Mark the Jaguars and sort of the direction that it's trying to go right now. So Jim Woodcock, I appreciate your time and thank you for joining the Ozone Podcast. Oh, thanks, John. I appreciate it, and uh, hope to be back in Jacksonville soon. And uh, happy holidays to everyone. Go Jags! All right, I want to thank Jim again for joining us. Uh, we're going to go a little different in terms of closing it out today because Jim and I talked for about an hour. I'll thank Dave DeCandis for again making me look better than I am. Thank Joe Fortunato for making me sound better than I am. Thank you to Jim Woodcock for joining the Ozone Podcast. I think listeners learned a lot, and I know this one absolutely didn't suck. We'll see you next week.